Ladies and gentlemen, you got it right. It's that hour. It's that hour. It's that hour. It's Thursday, the 1st of May, 2016. We are here unplugged and in charge, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not alone as usual. My name is Sampiwa Petros, together with... On the left-hand corner, it's Weza. Weza, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> what a session it's going to be. Welcome to the shortest hour in the week. Yo, I'm looking forward to today, man. Yo, it's been a while, Weza. I'm looking like... forward to it too, man. It's It's been a while. I'm happy to see you here. Yeah, you all in health. You're yeah. good. You're alive back from hospital. Yeah, bro. I'm it's alive. a blessing, man. Yeah, it's a blessing to be alive, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life is a beautiful thing, man. I'm glad to be here, bro. Yo, it's been an interesting two weeks, but I'm glad yeah. to be back, bro. Good stuff, good stuff. Thanks. Great to have you back. Yeah, how is, how is things going on your side, bro? Hey, man, things have been going good. Very, very good. Like, you know, I've been... um um. Every single day, I've literally just been trying to grow and grow and grow and do more and do more. You know, yeah. it's that whole thing. Bounce, don't break. Bounce, don't break. Yeah, man. Speaking so. about bounce, don't break. <laughs> I feel like we should get into that minute, bro. Yeah, man. It's time for the motivation minute. Minutes. Obviously, uh, what we always have to remember is this. This is off the cuff. So you have to literally be as motivational as you can. But uh, uh, and you don't prepare anything. You just have to do it on the spot, right? Actually, hold up. Let's let's kick the tune back in again. Okay, okay. cool. Are we gonna do a ching chong cha? Okay. Um, okay, cool. Okay. Ching chong cha. All right, cool. Scissors, <laughs> <laughs> beats, paper. So I lose. Cool. That means it's my turn. Okay, cool. I think I'm gonna stand up for this one as well. Okay, All cool. right. So you ready? Hit a little ninja position right here. <laughs> cool. Give me some volume, Ned. Don't okay. don't be shy on that volume. Yeah, I won't. I won't. You ready, bro? Cool. Cool. I'm ready. Yeah. This is it right here. I think what I want to do right now is just, I want to challenge you to rewire your mind. You know, every single day we're always bombarded by negative things. You look at the newspaper, there's some negative stuff. You look at the news, there's negative stuff. You talk to people, all they want to tell you is what went bad, who did what, and how bad things are. You know what? How about we just rewire our minds to start thinking, you know what? Bad is temporary. Good is permanent. Good is here to stay. Good is going to stay in my life. All the time Bad, bad That is temporary stuff So when you go through something bad It's literally unusual That's not supposed to stay there You're supposed to really focus on the good That can happen in your life And focus itself is like a magnifying glass So what you focus on That is what expands So if you want to focus on the negative stuff It's going to expand And soon you're going to think your whole life's going down And you're not going to like that How about you just focus on the positive stuff Because if you focus on that stuff That is starting to expand You start thinking You know what? I'm having a good life I'm having a good life I'm going man Things are happening for me You need to start doing that Focusing on the good stuff in life And that's where you're going to see life going And it's going to start going well for you So I challenge you today to you know start focusing on some of the good things in your life and tell yourself this is my decade god chose me yeah god chose me yeah that's what i'm talking about damn straight (laughs) (laughs) man i've charged up taking charge of their lives yo focus on the good focus on the good alone expand the good yes that was powerful stuff that was powerful stuff You got me excited, bro. That's you th- great, man. You thought, I thought I was going to stand up there and do my own part for a yeah. second. Yeah. It's good. It was good. <laughs> We're looking forward to ne- your part next week. Yeah, no, next week I'll go in, oh, bro. Cool stuff, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. so, I mean, um, uh, a lot has been happening in South Africa. Uh, almost every single week feels like it's another episode of catching up with the South Africans, you know. <laughs> There's always something happening. Um, recently, I heard that um, Vitz is mourning some, some, um, students, some yeah. students who passed away. I think that was like... Like an accident, right? A car accident. Yeah, they were coming from Limpopo on Sunday and uh, they were in a tragic taxi accident. Yo, taxi was burnt up badly, man. So that's, um, we're mourning with the students of it um, and all the passengers that were in that taxi. Condolences to the family and all of the people that uh, are close to those people. It was, it's really tragic times, right? Yeah. Car accidents are the worst way to go out, I have to say. And I mean, it, it, it starts with being responsible. Mm. Um, If you really think about it, as I said before, is that, 
in a soccer match, the referee is is only one man. Yeah. And there's, you know, 11 players on each side. There's 22 people on the field that make the game. And they make the game as great as it is. You know, when you watch a Barcelona versus Real Madrid match, it is only as great as the players. Yeah. So we, the people, have the power because we are more than what the officials are. Exactly. So, I mean, if we have the power to make this world a great place to live in, this country a great place to be in. And if we start being responsible, it starts with, you know, the little things. Don't give away an unnecessary foul or a penalty in a soccer match. Same thing happens in real life. Don't give away those unnecessary things that are going to cost people's lives and be reckless with, you know, with little things. And that the things that change the outcome to the match, you know. I think the our theme for the year is take charge and really take yeah. charge of your life. You are the one that determines your outcome, not anybody else. Mm. So take ownership and get the result you want because you have everything you need in you. To get the result you want, which is something very powerful, bro. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yes, on other news, um, Mall of Africa keeps on popping up. You know, last week I heard that 75 cars were stolen at Mall of Africa. Now I heard um, unknown men opened fire at the Mall of Africa, injuring three people. That is crazy. Yes. I was walking at the Mall of Africa at night. Um, I, I went, I chose to go there at night because I thought, you know, during the day there's too much traffic. There's just too much going on. Hey, you're so, a brave man, bro. Like, I'm, so, I'm still <laughs> avoiding that place. Like, I'll go there in like man, September or something, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I, and I had this feeling, you know, of, hey, what if something bad happens while I was there? Like, I, I didn't know, I didn't think crazy gunman shooting, but I, I didn't know what I was thinking. I thought maybe what if someone robs a store because they think it's still early days or they yeah. rob a store and then they're running and then they start shooting. Yes. And then I just, you know, sometimes you have these feelings before something happens and then it's almost like, I don't know what tells you, hey, Baba, <laughs> just, just don't hang around here all too often. So I don't know, man, maybe I should have gotten that feeling and then came onto radio immediately and said, guys, I have a feeling. <laughs> don't go Mall of Africa. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I think yeah, you seem to get these feelings a lot, bro. It's not the first time I hear. Sometimes this. you must follow your gut, you know. Yeah. Like I think it's just it's just that feeling when you don't have medical aid. It just comes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, bro, I have a feeling something's gonna happen. Yeah, you know. Get out of there, man. Get out there. Get out of there for real, get man. Get out of here for real, man. Yeah, bro. It's Goodness. Real yeah. So I'm I'm just relieved I wasn't there, man. So Jeez. I'm trusting my gut and staying away from Mall of Africa for some time, bro. Like, <laughs> how long is some time? So I think. Really, I'll go there in around September. It's just too packed, bro. I don't like packed spaces like yeah. that. It's just crazy. Every time I drive past the Mall of Africa on the highway, there's a convoy going there. Yeah, it's there ridiculous, is. bro. Like, there's always traffic going there. Yeah, well, I just wanted to see, you know, how it looks like ah, on the inside. So you're one of those people, bro. Like, I mean, it. It. They say Mall of Africa. Wow, engineering is amazing. This and that. So I just wanted to see what's the fuss about. You know, apparently yeah. it's it's the themes are Africa. So there's like a forest side, and I, I was literally looking for this place called Forest Walk. There's a board that was saying Forest Walk this way. Did you I even walked get there? around the whole mall <laughs> looking for a forest. Hello. Like when I see like two, three trees, I'm like, okay, this is a sign. We're getting close. <laughs> and then when I get there, it's literally just a food court with just uh, the walls just have like wood on them and that's supposed to be the forest. Oh like, my gosh, bro. It, oh makes, man, me, it makes me think back to my engineering days at the University of Pretoria because you know at Engineering 3, I mean, they even have grass in Engineering 3 at the University yeah, of right? Pretoria. So forest walk makes me feel like I'm going to be walking in a garden. I was thinking forest. I was thinking monkeys. I yeah. thought Mall of Africa. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was literally <laughs> waiting for monkeys. No monkeys, man. So how is Mall of Africa actually? Jeez, well, I, all I can tell you is that... Um, I bought some ice cream, yeah. two scoops, 70 bucks. What? That's <laughs> <laughs> some crazy stuff, man. Then I have a friend who told me that uh, he he was with his family. He bought 12 donuts, 200 bucks. Nah, that's ridiculous. Jeez, bro. Nah, this is madness, so bro. You need to go there loaded, man. Don't they... go there with your family. Like, make sure everyone's eaten, you know? <laughs> like, you guys. See, that's my problem, though. Like, all these donuts and ice cream and all that. These are yeah. all international brands, right? Yeah, these are international brands. So we're at the Mall of Africa, but are there any African, like, stores there or African brands or proudly South African? Yeah, ne? we like, need more of those. 
I think that's the biggest problem I have with Mall of Africa at the moment. As yeah. much as it's called Mall of Africa in inverted commas, I feel like it should be called Mall of Europe or whatever. Like, hey, Mall of Europe in Africa. Yeah, bro. Tragic. Like straight up, right? Like that's well, I, talking about you know stores and and uh, having South African brands and so on. We got a gentleman in studio right here who's actually um, pioneering a South African brand. It, it's really doing well right now. It really looks classy, and he's really trying to fly the flag of style, elegance, and of distinguished gentlemen in South Africa mm. with a really, really great brand. Ziad, how are you doing, brother? Good, man. Good, good. Good to be on your guys' show. I love the vibe. Really, really love the vibe. Great Feeling stuff. it. Feeling it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ziad. Thanks so, for doing um, this, man. So, Ziad, those who don't know about you and those who don't know who Ziad is, let's start it off on page one. Who's Ziad? Sure. Um, we probably will need the rest of the day for that one. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we 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 actually okay, you know, like not page one, like just summary not, content. Let, let's say not chapter one, but like you know, page one is like say it's like a abstract, a full word, an abstract about what you yeah. want to read right Definitely. now. Definitely. Okay, mm. so I have a brand that I've launched called Cavalier. Mm. Right. So Cavalier specializes in the fine art of bespoke tailoring. Yeah. This uh, wasn't necessarily what I had in mind when one starts off in in the working world or one starts off in life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes your vocation will find you. Mm -hmm. And this is typically that kind of story. Yeah. So I I grew up in a small Western town called called Azadbal, mm. and um, not a very stylish town as far as the way people used to dress is concerned. A very yeah. religious orientated town. Yeah. Uh, but growing up in an Indian community, one would have um, been told that you know you would either become a doctor or you become a lawyer or an engineer, and mm. that's what Indian folks kind of want their kids to be. That's yeah. the only direction that's, that's paved out for you, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. That's the only. That that's the only direction they have for you. So mm. um, I used to watch a lot of legal uh, sort of series on TV, and I, I used to love the practice. And I figured, mm. yeah, you know, I, I I I can't talk the talk, so perhaps I should go into law. Yeah. yeah. And I went to Wits, and I, I I studied a law degree. I finished my degree, and then I started working in a law firm doing articles. Yeah. Mm. But it, you know, d- during that time, it's almost as though I actually found myself because mm. I realized then that. I wanted to be greater than that role of yeah. a lawyer, of, of an, of an article clerk that will be forgotten in time. Mm. I wanted to be able to create something that will linger forever. Yeah. Uh, something that I, that I could leave a legacy for, not only for my own family, but for perhaps other people that have grown up in the environments that I have. Yeah. So during this time, uh, of, of being an article clerk and photocopying reams and reams of documents and, mm. uh, you know, schlepping through to the court to lodge documents, I, I happened to be involved with a court case. I was the article clerk on a court case for a dollar billionaire. And it's very rare that one encounters a dollar billionaire in, in, in real life. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, these are almost billionaire. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, you said billionaire. Dollar billionaire. Correct. Correct. Jeez, man, this is more money than Jay-Z, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So when, when one encounters such a human being, it's almost surreal to be in his or her presence. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that uh, I shared the man's company with a journey from Pretoria to Johannesburg. And uh, I was alone with him because he wanted company. And, and I picked up my hand, this little article clerk with a little black suit on. And yeah. I said, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to travel with this man. Yeah. I'd love to learn from him in that one hour. I want to learn as much as I can about becoming a billionaire. Perhaps yeah. maybe one day that will be the fate. So I, 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 I picked the man's brain and I asked him, I asked him some pertinent questions. I asked him, I said, uh, you know, are entrepreneurs born or are they made? Yeah. And the man's response was, just as a violin player will naturally be able to caress the violin in his or her hand, they can learn to play the tune. So too with entrepreneurship. You'd, you'd have a natural affinity for buying and selling, for making money, for the hustle of it. Yeah. But you can then hone that skill over a period of time. Mm. And then I said, you know, I, I want to be like you. Like I, 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 I look at you as though you're Batman or Superman. I want to become like you one day. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't have the money. I'm, I'm, I'm not blessed with a rich father or a rich uncle. And, you know, I'm, I'm just a little poor little article clerk in a little black suit. And, and, and how do I go about doing this? And he's like, my boy. You don't need money to be an entrepreneur. Mm. You need the idea and money will follow the idea. And those words have been immortalized into my being from that day onward. I think of those words now when I have my own business and I think how I managed to do it without the, the backing of a rich family member. Mm-hmm. His words have rung true to this day. Uh, 
for me to get to the point of actually launching Cavaliers and as as an entrepreneur, yeah. I, I had to go through a learning process though. Right. So from that, that was actually the turning point in my journey into entrepreneurship. So a, a drive with a dollar billionaire from Joburg to Pretoria changed your life, basically. It is one hour that changed my life forever. Shucks. Yeah. And how many years ago was that? It was around 10 years ago, eh? 10, 10, 10 years to the date. Wow. But it, when, when, when I climbed out of that car, I've, I've never seen the man since. Um, clearly, you know, he, he would obviously have his own life and mm-hmm. be, yeah. be, 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 be living the, the, the high life. So I never saw him since. Mm-hmm. But when I stepped out of the car that day, I made up my mind that I will be an entrepreneur. And mm. God willing, maybe even one day on the Forbes rich list. Mm. You know, up till now, I mean, I actually still have something which says something that, that, uh, that motivates me. When I get up in the morning and I look at the Forbes rich list, yeah. if I'm not on that list, I go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. that's real. Wow. That's so real, bro. <laughs> Jeez. No, so that's the deep. Way. That's deep. <laughs> so, so what had transpired from that meeting 10 years afterwards is that I needed to learn the ways of entrepreneurs. Mm. I never had a close mentor that I could, that could actually teach me one on one. Yeah. So I resorted to the next best thing. I started reading the stories, biographies and autobiographies of the world's greatest entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You name them. I've read this story mm-hmm. and I read it with the idea of learning from them. Yeah. I spent time in the kitchen of Richard Branson. I spent time on the yacht of Roman Abramovich. Mm. Um, and, and, and when you get an education like that from the world's greatest entrepreneurs, you then start to believe that Perhaps the dream is not so far-fetched. Yeah. Perhaps the dream is within reach, even for a poor kid from the West Rand in South Africa. Mm. One of the most inspiring people that I've, I've, I've ever read about. In fact, I'm actually still reading his authorized autobiography is Elon Musk. Mm. Um, you know, he's a South African boy, key, a guy yeah. who grew up in South Africa, who went to Pretoria Boys High. Yeah, that's my how old high school, actually. That, oh, man, man. <laughs> you know, when, 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 when you read a story like that, yeah. how does a man like that send a rocket into space and return that rocket. How yeah. does a man like that create the world's largest, um, what, uh, what, what do you call this, electric car company? Yeah. Right? Then you realize that dreams shouldn't belong in the realm of dreams. They can materialize into reality. Mm. So it took me 10 years from that point onward to firstly learn the ways of entrepreneurs. And it's not in the nitty gritty, it's in the thinking of mm. entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, because that is where the entire beauty of what we do as entrepreneurs lies. Yeah. It's in the thinking, the billionaire mindset, mm. the thinking of an entrepreneur that nothing will ever get you down. No matter how difficult the situation may be for now, mm. an entrepreneur relishes the challenge of getting around the obstacle. Yeah. Shucks, that's powerful stuff. Yo, now I'm busy thinking because now, now that you say, um, all these stories that you read and mentored by their, by their stories in essence, right? It makes me think that people like Elon Musk, they're relatable. Their stories are relatable because they, they have similar backgrounds to you and similar stories to what your story could be. So do you think that's one of the main things that helped you move forward in terms of uh, establishing your, your own company as an entrepreneur? Absolutely. You know, it, mm. it, it comes down to rewiring the way you think. Mm. Having studied and, and, and gone into the working world um, as the folks would have wanted, it's basically around the idea of, of, of thinking like an employee versus thinking like an entrepreneur. Yeah. Mm. The most difficult part of moving from the permanent employment, from the, the security of a job mm. into the unknown is the change of mindset that that requires. Mm. Most people can't see beyond that. Mm. Most people will look at it and say, I mean, this is why, you know, the 2% have the wealth of the 98%. Yeah. It's because of the, the 1% that think, the 2% that think, perhaps, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw caution to the wind. I'm going to pursue a dream and a vision that people may have thought is absolutely crazy. And they, they actually did that when, when, it, when, it, when, it, when it came to the Cavalier um, idea, which yeah. we will get to in a second. Yeah. Throw the book out. Throw the box out. Mm. Um, you, are, you are an individual with your own skill and ability. And if you can find a way to channel your energy into believing that you are already an entrepreneur and a free-spirited person, mm. being able to take on the world, being able to sail away from the safe harbor, to catch the trade winds in your sail, to explore, to dream, and to discover, the world opens up to you. Mm. It was the most difficult thing I've had to do is to change the way I thought. Mm. Um, it, it, it required me spending time in the company of these entrepreneurs through their books. How long wow. did it take you, though? Uh, 10 years. 
Yeah. Oh, so oh, the entire 10 years yeah, just sure. changed your way of thinking. Changing the I, I imagine within the 10 years, the thinking probably changed. Mm. Yeah. And, and how, I, how I knew that my thinking changed and how I, I actually managed to rewire my brain to mm. thinking I was an entrepreneur without me even knowing it. Yeah. This happened because after I left the law firm, I went into banking. Yeah, correct. People who don't know where to go basically end up in banking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I was, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was in private banking for a while. And, you yeah. know, it, it, it wasn't a waste of time because I, I still utilize the philosophies and the service levels I've learned there in my current business. Yeah. yeah. And, and all this while you're still reading those books. All this while I was reading the books i would yeah. go to my day job but in my mind i was actually on that yacht with abramovich i was yeah. actually in the 1700s with cornelius van der bolt mm. on his little boat yeah. you know uh, ferrying people back and forth over the hudson yeah. and how old were you when you started reading the books i started reading these books i must have been probably around 22 23 years mm. old all right um i'm now 33 mm. Mm. so yeah it, it 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 literally took me that long to be able to convince myself yeah. that this is what i wanted to do so when i when i then I, I think it was probably about 3 4 years ago yeah i was i was working as a private banker in a law firm mm. and there was no real growth opportunity or growth prospect in the job i was yeah. i wasn't going to become the next elon musk working there mm. right mm. but I, I i applied for other private banking jobs at other companies mm-hmm. and then i figured yeah you know if i'm going to get a 10% increase i might as well just go and do the same job at another company and, <laughs> and you know make a little bit more uh, yeah yeah, yeah. And I went for these jobs and in the interview, they loved me. They loved the way I looked. They loved the, the way I spoke. Mm. And I, I, I did the psychometric test and I failed the psychometric yeah. test. And this happened three different banks. Right? Yes. And I failed the psychometric test every time. And I started getting worried and yeah. I started doubting myself and I started thinking, you know, perhaps I don't have the juice. Mm. You know, perhaps I, I think I have the juice. Perhaps I'm Roman Abramovich, but I don't have the juice. You know, what's So this on? is all in the process. Your, your way of thinking is changing naturally. So maybe yes. that's why you're not fitting in. Now that I think it's, it's all pieces in a puzzle. Very interesting stuff. It is absolutely the piece in the puzzle, right? Mm. Now here comes the cracker. Yeah. I, you know, I have this philosophy about you must be better than your previous self. The philosophy of Cavalier and yeah. of myself is that you must every, at, at, at every stage, mm. make a conscious effort of being better than you were yesterday. Yeah. Whether it's to take voiceover classes, whether it's to just become a better human being, mm. yeah. you must be better than you were the day before. Mm. So to be better than I was when I got rejected from all these jobs, I decided to enlist the help of a private psychometrist to undertake a private evaluation for me yeah. to determine exactly what made me think and what made me tick. Right? Yeah. And he did the private evaluation for me, which I paid at my own cost. Yeah. And the next day I went and he revealed the results of this test and it astounded me. Yeah. Because what the test exposed, he said firstly that if I were to employ you for one of the banks, I would not have given you the job. Mm. The reason being that your thinking is too radical. Entrepreneur, oh, tick box right, number one. Yeah. He says that um, your ideas are are very far fetched in terms of what what the results show. Mm. And most people who are looking for somebody to work for them want somebody who doesn't think radically or out of the box. They want uh, conformist. They yeah. want somebody just to conform to their way of thinking. Yeah. And then he also mentioned that um, you know I'm 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 somebody who's naturally able to convince people to buy into ideas and to concepts. Mm. It seems to be something that I just have naturally that I'm that I'm that I'm able to do. Yeah. Another entrepreneurial you can trait, sell. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can sell your concept, yeah. you can sell yourself, you can sell your brand. Yeah. Mm. And then he said something which again, you know, made me sure that my my vision lay in and, and, and my 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 purpose lay in the field of, of being self employed. He says that you will be better as a self employed person than you will as a full time employed person. Sucks, says, yeah. The results have shown that. Hmm. I sat back in that chair and, and, and I had I had chills and I thought to myself inadvertently I had reprogrammed my brain yeah. to move away from being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah. And this is just by metamorphosis having been in the process of these people through the pages of books. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point in time, it was probably about three years ago, I said, this is it. Mm. I, I, I will not relish and, and stay in a place where I know that I'm not going to be forever. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to set my entire motion, entire being into motion 
to make sure that visions become reality. Yeah. The dreams and ideas I had, because at that stage I already had some crazy ideas. Mm. I had the idea of, 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 of creating a chocolate pizzeria, mm. of, of, of creating chocolate pizza, you know, That's crazy amazing. ideas. Like, I actually yo. did that at flea market just yeah. to satisfy the entrepreneurial wow. urge. I would yeah. go there every Sunday yeah. and I would, I would make chocolate pizzas for kids and I'd sell them. Oh wow. And then, and then as, as a spin off to that, I decided, yeah, I'm going to do kiddies parties where I'm going to take a chocolate pizza idea and mobile pizza ups and I just did this. What? It, it, it actually didn't make me money, so right? So this yeah. is a private banker, uh, like a, a private banking, um, you know, um, uh, what, what, what's the actual term for Private it? banker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is a private banker. In a law so, firm, yeah. Uh, I was actually out of the law firm by oh, then, so yeah. I, I, I was into the was, banks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a private banker and then during the weekend, you are at kids parties with chocolate pizza. Sure, sure, correct. With with well, with the chef's jacket and the chef's hat and oh, everything. Oh wow! Can you still make chocolate pizza? Yeah, sure. So man, you can I make, make us some. Yeah. So absolutely, <laughs> man. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> wow. And okay, cool. So so carry on with your story, please. So, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, I had then decided about two years ago that. Um, I, I wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur. I, yeah. I, I made a pact to myself when I climbed out of the car with that billionaire that day that when I hit 30 years old, I will be a full-fledged entrepreneur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will not be bound by the shackles of the corporate world. I will mm-hmm. not have somebody to tell me how much I'm worth. I, I, I missed that target by about two years. Mm-hmm. Right? So when 30 came along, I started thinking to myself, Damn, man, I, 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 I have to make a plan. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've got to put my ideas into motion. Yeah. Mm. But I needed, I needed the million rand idea. Yeah. yeah. I needed the million dollar idea. Yeah. yeah. And this is often the hardest part for any entrepreneur mm. is coming up with the idea because you, you, you may have a thousand ideas, but maybe not all of them are going to be feasible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then I started doing some introspection. Mm. I started looking into myself and examining what made me tick. Mm. What is it that I was passionate about? I, I, I read a quote which said, if, if, if you make your job, your hobby, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. Yeah. And I started thinking and started analyzing what made me tick. And the one common trait which was prevalent, which was prevalent and evident from the time I was a kid to now is a sense of style. This was instilled by my, by my elder sister. Yeah. Mm. If ever there was somebody who inspired me in my life, that one person has to be my elder sister. Mm. She's around seven years elder than me. Yeah. She yeah. lives in Cape Town now. Uh-huh. But I've learned a lot about faith from her. Yeah. Um, you know, she would, she would believe beyond belief that the Almighty would help her mm. and would do certain things. And, and, and literally by miracle and magic, it would just Materialize. It would happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I started, and she's also an attorney, right? By yeah. qualification. So I actually followed in her footsteps. Oh, right. Interesting. Yeah. I, I then learned from her that the Almighty would be with me. Mm. If I, if I put my trust in Him and say, you know, I'm moving beyond the, the, the comfort of a, of a full-time job mm. and moving into the unknown. Yeah. You know, at that, that level, you have to have a level of faith that people are going to come and buy stuff from you. Yeah. Right. So I, I utilize the faith aspect, but, Prior to that, now I'm just getting a little bit ahead of myself. As mm. you can see, I'm getting quite excited in my chair. Yeah, I'm about to stand up like a wizard. Yeah. I looked at suits and I realized that from the first job I had, the first thing I bought with the first paycheck I got working as an attorney was a pair of cufflinks. Mm. Mm. Right. All right. It was a pair of cufflinks. <laughs> and I, when, when I used to look at how the attorneys used to dress and the advocates used to dress, Suits, print mm. stripes, double cuffs. So I started dressing like them. Yeah. So here was an article clerk, you know, uh, carrying boxes in and out of, of, of offices in mm. a really nice suit, in a mm. pinstripe suit with a red tie and a white shirt. Yeah. Thinking I was in a, in a, in a law firm in New York. Uh, yeah. you know, just imagining myself there. Mike Ross. Yeah. Right. Mike Ross, you know, <laughs> Harvey Specter. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I would think of my, and I would dress the part. Mm. Right? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, what the one thing I used to always do is dress well, irrespective of the amount of money I had. Yeah. Mm. The misconception that you need money to dress well, that is an absolute misconception. Yeah. Okay. You don't need money to dress well. You need style. Yeah. Style is, 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 is what resonates with you. It is you feeling comfortable in your own skin. Exactly. Yeah. With the eye of putting things together for a, for a cheap price or whatever, whatever is within your budget. Yeah. It will make you look like a million bucks. Mm. Right. So I used to dress well, even as a candidate attorney. Mm. And I carried it through into the banking world where I used to dress better than most other bankers. Yeah. And I started getting, and I started, and I, I, I remember I, I, I tailor made my first suit overseas mm. when I was in Thailand. In fact, I went, I went for honeymoon to Thailand mm. and I tailor made my first suit in Thailand. 
and the process had some sort of magic around it. You were just loving it. Like, I can just see the way you're talking about it also. It's, it's like a dream, but it's reality. It's reality. Yeah. When, I, when, when they measured me up, when that black pinstripe suit came through and, and I collected it and I fitted into this creation, which I was complicit in, I was involved in the design. I thought to myself, wow, man, what a feeling. <laughs> when I came back and I wore that suit for the first time, I felt invincible. Mm. I felt like a superhero. Yeah. The mm. feeling of having your first tailor-made suit mm. is yeah. unlike any other that you will ever experience. And then I started thinking to myself, you know, I want to be involved in that. I want to be able to provide gentlemen with that feeling mm. of feeling invincible, of feeling confident beyond belief, mm. of feeling that they can take on the world and any challenge that they have. Yeah. With the right armor, you can. And my armor is a three-piece tailor-made suit from Cavalier. Mm. The idea then set into the mind. Mm. And I employed every every ounce of my energy and all my time at night into the hours of the night researching a concept of creating a bespoke suit shop unlike any other. Mm. I wanted to create a gentleman's store, which was never done in South Africa before. Yeah. Mm. Currently, you know, if you if you were to buy suits, generally you'd go to a place that sells suits off the rack. Yeah. You'd choose a suit in, in, in boring gray, blue, or black. You'd, you'd, you'd have the minimalist choice as to what that suit would look like. Mm. You're 40, you're 41, you're 38, and they'd give you a suit. Mm. Right. Why does that have to be the case? Exactly. You know, you are different. You are a stylish man. Weza is different. Weza is a stylish man, but you have a different style. Yeah. Why, why conform to what society has told you and say, this is it? Again, it's a rebellious entrepreneurial trait mm. that, that rings true to every entrepreneur. You don't, you, 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 you do not conform. Yeah. You find ways that people never dreamt of, of, of doing things. And, and I then had this idea of creating a store similar to what was visible in Kingsman. Yeah. So when you, 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 you mentioned something interesting, you said you spent all your time at night researching this idea. Does that mean during the day you were working, you, you didn't leave your, your, your job? So you still did the nine to five. And then when you, when you get home, it's not rest time. It's, it's time work, to, yeah. because now it's your time. No one paid for this time. So this is the time you use to work on your dreams. Absolutely. That is exactly how it was. Mm. I would do my nine to five. You know, my, my work ethic would dictate that I would give my all to the job that I was in. Yeah. But my mind and my thinking and my heart lay in the future mm. into the dream. So at night I would sit and I would research into the hours of the night. Uh, I would, I would work while they slept so that maybe one day I could live like they dream. That is deep. Oh man, <laughs> that's yeah. that's yo. Oh my goodness, that's actually true. Yo. Entrepreneurs. <laughs> oh man, entrepreneurs sacrifice oh, a couple of years, live the type of life most people won't want to live, so that they can live in the future the life that most people can't live. That's exactly man, what you said. That is exactly man, it. Wait, uh, the way he said it was different though. <laughs> I've never heard it like that before. That that was good. Wow. Thanks, man. But yo. yeah, and 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 and. I would, I would throw everything into it. Every yeah. ounce of my energy, mm. every ounce of my being was consumed by this vision of creating the finest gentleman's store in the world that produces the world's finest suits. I, I learned from the world's greatest entrepreneurs. So my vision is not to create South Africa's best suits. Mm. It's to create the world's finest suits. Yeah. The one thing that they've taught me is that your vision has to be beyond the, the realm of your little town or of your country. It has to mm. be a global vision. Yeah. So for the vision and, 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 and every energy was, was expanded in trying to create an idea and a concept where I was able in an environment unlike any other scene in South Africa, to create the finest suits in the world with the world's finest accessories that I would have to import. All the pieces of the puzzle started coming together. I found premises in Melrose Arch. Mm. I chose Melrose Arch for a reason. Firstly, I used to hang out in Melrose Arch mm. during during the wild days and during <laughs> during the parting days, and we used, we used to love hanging out in Melrose Arch. Yeah. It, it, it was the kind of place that had a sophistication unlike any other. Mm. It almost feels like you're walking in the streets of London when you're walking in Melrose Arch. Yeah. Yeah. And I I had approached them, and again, luck was on my side, and they had a premises for me. Mm. But 
they were reluctant to give a premises in an area like Mauro's Arch to a guy who's never been in retail before, to open yeah. up a concept that was never tried before, yeah. to create yeah. suits that perhaps people never thought would, would even would, would, would even be created in the first place. Yeah. So I remember um, having, having gone for this meeting with the leasing agent, mm-hmm. having put on my finest cavalier. At that time, I'd already created some suits for myself. Yeah. I, I'd already formulated the recipe for my product, having yeah. created the suits for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had already had and, and, and started uh, enlisting the help of a few people and had employed a tailor to start crafting my suits. Mm. So I went into that meeting wearing a Cavalier three-piece pure wool tailor-made suit, mm. right? Wearing Aventus, Creed Aventus perfume. Now, this is a perfume that Weza is familiar with. Creed Aventus is an ode to the Emperor Napoleon. What Creed Aventus is, is a luxury perfume. What it smells like, right? What it smells like <laughs> is a rich man's wallet dipped in pineapple juice. <laughs> All right. This perfume is infused apparently with pheromones that drives women absolutely crazy. Every woman that has sampled or smelled Creed Aventus on any man has lost control of who they were. <laughs> Nevertheless, it is an extremely powerful perfume that I still have in my collection. Yeah. I wore Creed Aventus with my suit and I went into that meeting trying to convince these people that my dream was legit, to convince them to give me the opportunity, mm, yeah. to convince them that I was willing to give up the safety and security of a permanent job, throwing everything in, cashing in all my chips. If it went past, I would have no, I'd be out in the street with yeah. a young family. And then the lady herself was convinced, but she needed to convince the powers that be. So she invited the managing director of the company to meet with me. Yeah. And he looked at me first and he was the first question. He looked at me, he gave me this look like, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've seen, I've, I've seen your done before. The first question he asked me is like, what experience do you have in retail? I'm like, um, this is my first shop. Mm. He sat back in his chair and he had a, a little bit of a look on his face like, yeah, you know, I actually don't have time for this really, but tell me a bit more. Mm. And then, you know, another, one other, this comes to another aspect, another, an, an, another part of my being. Yeah. Is passion. If you have passion for what it is that you do, you will be unstoppable. You will be able to conquer the world. Yeah. Because all it requires is passion and belief in who you are and in what you're doing. Mm. When I speak, I speak with passion because I believe in everything that I do. Yeah. I spoke to the man with passion and I sold him on the vision, which has now become Cavalier. At the end of that one hour meeting, the man sat back and told the lady, whatever this guy needs, give it to him. The lease is his. So Creed of Ventures, wow. Cavalier three piece suit, plus okay. conviction and passion, 100%. That's it. Success. He, he looked at me. The lady is like, but can't you see what the man looks like? <laughs> Imagine he can make other men. I want my husband to look like this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then they gave me the lease. Yeah. But now the next part of this and the next challenging aspect that all entrepreneurs, all people in South Africa who want to be entrepreneurs will experience is funding. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is the obstacle in the largest and most insurmountable obstacle that people would experience. Yeah. You know, South Africa is an amazing place. Yeah. You have entrepreneurs everywhere. You got a guy on the street selling sweets. That man is an entrepreneur. He hustled through to one part of South Africa to try and get sweets from a wholesaler, came to the streets of Joburg, yeah. set out a table and hustled and sold the street for one rand and made money. Mm. That man is an entrepreneur. Yeah. There are hundreds of those people in South Africa. Yeah. The challenge they all have is how do you raise funding mm. to finance your dream? Mm. Okay. So what I did was a few years before, I knew that in a couple of years' time, I want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I planned ahead and I bought a property. Right Now, an, one other aspect that, that, that entrepreneurs use is that you will utilize and leverage what you have available to you at that time. Mm. The, all, entrepreneurs are the ultimate opportunists. Yeah. Ultimate. You will look at it as to what is available to you. You always have something available. Right. Mm. And you, you're going to leverage that and utilize that. I was working at the bank. So I was, I had access to cheap funding because mm. I would get staff rates on things like houses and cars. Yeah. Right. Oh, nice. <laughs> what an opportunity. Eh? So I, 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 I seized the opportunity and I bought a property which I barely could afford. Right. I barely yeah. could afford yeah. this. I sacrificed the car. I, I had a nice convertible sports car at the time, mm. you know, working in the bank, you know, living the high life, yeah. driving Honda S2000, which was a dream car. Mm. Mm. But I decided at a certain stage to kill my ego for the greater vision, which I was going to be to one day perhaps buy the yacht mm, and yeah. one day perhaps buy the Lamborghini. Yeah. So uh-huh. I sold that car and I downgraded to an entry-level polo yeah. with no extras at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in that process, 
I was able then to purchase the house that I could barely afford still, yeah. but it was maybe about a level up from what an entry level house would be. Yeah. Mm. The vision being that in a couple of years' time, that property will be worth more in terms of value that I could unlock. And that would become my seed capital. Oh, yeah. That's which, proper, yeah. which is how it became, which, which is exactly how it actually came through. Mm. So I, I bought the property and I still live in there today. And in four years later, the property was valued at a lot more than what I had bought it for. Mm. Right. Yes. I unlocked the value of that property, having been a banker, having experienced, like I say, you know, you know, every piece of your life is a puzzle yeah. piece. Yeah. It's never a waste. Yeah. Mm. Being in the bank taught me about finance, how to finance, how to leverage finance, how to utilize finance. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, I then, I managed to unlock some, but it still wasn't enough. Yeah. Mm. You know, a store like, like Cavalier required a lot more in terms of financing. Yeah. yeah. You know, the fixtures and fittings in a place like Mauro's Arch had to be top notch. Yeah, yeah. How much does it? Just, just a ballpark figure? It is, it is, it is incredibly expensive if you have to look at trying to do everything. You're probably going to spend in excess of five million rand to try and get Shucks, this going. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you know, it, it is, it is, it is something along those lines that yeah. you have to plan for. Mm. But I, and I, I never gave up, um, hope and I always had faith. And again, the element of faith came through a lot of, a, a lot in this journey. Yeah. yeah. I asked some, some family members to borrow me money. They turned me down. I, I, I asked some friends and close people. They, they, they turned me down. Yeah. And then I started leveraging other aspects of funding. Like, for example, you know, uh, if, if, if used correctly, you can. I, I, I had some credit cards that I had maxed out. Not going on a spending spree for myself, but using that money to start the business yeah. that would generate enough money for me in future. Mm. I used that. Um, I, I had set myself up, uh, as, as my time as a private banker, because again, I, I had a network of people being a private banker. Yeah. A high, high net worth network of people. Yeah. Right. Again, leveraging what you have at the time. Yeah. Mm. I, I counted on that network and I went to, I went to one guy who, who had a soft spot for me. And uh, I told him about the vision and I said, you know, I'm going to cash up my pension fund and I'll pay you back when my pension fund comes through. Yeah. But that's going to be in three months and I need, I need the money right now. Yeah. And he was happy. And, and at least for my, and for, for me, he was kind enough to borrow me the money. Yeah. Mm. And I was able to then repay him in full. Mm. So I managed to hustle it. And, and I use hustle a lot because I, I, I definitely believe in the concept. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, you, you must hustle your vision into being. Mm. Do whatever you it must. takes. Yeah. Do whatever it takes. Yeah. Whatever, whatever is required at that time. Buy, sell, cut the ego out of it. Drive an entry level car. Do whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. But the vision is supreme. Yeah. I then had enough, and I managed to raise enough. But I never. I mean, I had just about enough. If mm. I didn't make it in the first month, I would have had to cancel my lease, and I would have probably gone insolvent. Right? Yeah. Because no. I didn't have any other backers. Yeah. So I opened up Cavalier at the first of November last year. Yeah. Without a captive audience or without a client base, not knowing who was going to walk through my door. Yeah. Vision being to create the finest suits in the world. Mm. Right. Yeah. And I opened up the door. The first, first day, I think I sold one bow tie, got despondent, went home, Shucks, um, uh, thinking, how am I going to pay the month's rent? Yeah. And then my home wife, man. one bow tie, <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, and then, and then my, I, I, I went home in that first week and, um, my wife gave me a, a solid reality check. She said, you're not happy. She says, you are living in your dream and you are not happy. Yeah. She says, wake up. You know, you are doing what most people dream of, yeah. of, of and still you are not happy. Yeah. Don't worry. Money will be on your side. God will be on your side yeah. and you will find money. And, and I came back the next day to the store. Still quiet. I was alone in the store. I didn't have any help because, I mean, obviously at, at that stage I couldn't afford to yeah. employ anyone. Yeah. I sat on my wingback chair in the late afternoon with a cup of mint tea, mm. just enjoying the ambiance of living in my dream. I, I watched the sunlight twinkle on my umbrella door handles, right? Yeah. And I thought to myself, from this day onward, I will never worry about money because we don't have control ab about how much money is going to come our way. Yeah. It's not in our hands. It's in a higher power's hands. Yeah. If he brought me this far, he will put money in my hands to make sure, I to can make sure that I will keep going. Yeah. Right. And I enjoyed that cup of minty without a worry in the world. Mm. Mm. The next day, someone came in and bought my most expensive suit and he bought almost everything in my store. To sure. this day, I still remain very close friends with that client. Mm. And since that time onward, uh, it was a whirlwind of people coming in and, mm. and taking up the concept and buying from us and buying suits and yeah. word of mouth. And 
you know, it's, it's been a case where there hasn't been a day where we've sold nothing. And, and, and this is because of the mercy of the Almighty. Yeah. I, I mention him, uh, at, at this time. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure some of your, some of your listeners perhaps don't believe in the concept or whatever it is, but from my aspect and from my side. And it's your story at the end of the day. It's, yeah. it, it's just, it's just that belief in, in, in the unknown. Yeah. Um, and, and belief that there's a higher power that will take you by the hand and help you. Mm. That has got me through difficult times. Yes, that is powerful though, I have to say, because yeah, no, I mean, now it's May now and uh, you've been going like six months and you're loving, you're living in your dream, right? Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I mean, I, 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 I get to wear my own three piece designed, three piece tailor made suits made from the world's finest cloth, mm. crafted by the world's finest tailors on a daily basis. Mm. Right? I, I, I get to walk into my dream every day, right? Yes. And, and, and be able to be on a radio station with you, good gentlemen. Mm. Um, you know, had I, had I been, you know, working, working in a law firm, I would not have been here. I'd probably been, you know, photocopying still or <laughs> something of that nature. Yeah. Um, I actually, I actually tell the story and, uh, I, I have, to, I have told the story before, uh, about two months ago um i i chatted to one of my buddies right in, yeah. in the late afternoon um who was working in the private bank and i asked him i, I said like how's it going he's like no you know there's so much of stress and uh, I've, I've, I've got to reply to this client's email and the boss is on my head and i said okay i, I put the phone down and um <laughs> i poured myself a cup of mint tea, tea? no worry <laughs> no carried on living in and your I dream just carried on living in my dream oh. yeah Wow. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So tell me about the transition though. I think we've spoken about um the journey and how it it took you to get there. But that jump, that jump from corporate to living in your dream must have been a scary time. It was terrifying. Right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a terrifying time for myself, for mm. my family as well. Mm. Um but when you dare to be brave, mm. to employ your strength, in the service of your vision, it matters not whether you are afraid. Mm. It matters not. Because if you have the vision in mind, right, yeah. and you believe in yourself and in your vision, I have something which I hold dear to my heart, is when nobody believed in me, I did. Yeah. Right. And that is of ultimate importance. Yeah. I always, at times, when, when, when I would, I, I, my, my heart would waver with fear and I would, I would be overwhelmed by senses of, how am I going to make this? I, what if it all goes bust? Mm. I just think of the vision. I would think of the billionaire entrepreneur. I would, I would, I would think of my conversations with him. I would think of the vision mm. and know why I'm doing this. Yeah. And, and every time that arose, I'm, I was, I was able to then to get over the fear of it. Yeah. I had already planned for this 10 years before. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't an overnight thing. Yeah. I, I, I studied the ways of entrepreneurs for 10 years mm. to get to that point. And when I finally did, the sense of feeling I had uh, of, of of just being able to pull this off yeah, yes. uh, was was beyond uh, be, was beyond belief and still remains so. Mm. But I'd like to tell. Sorry, uh, I I I'd actually like to tell you something else which was very interesting. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but Cavalier has launched Africa's most expensive suit, the mm. million rand suit. Shucks. It is the most expensive suit in South Africa and in Africa, and one of the most exclusive suits. In the world, mm. right? And I created this. How the concept came about and what it is all about yes. is we were sitting on, we were sitting on the wingback chairs, myself and my brand ambassador. Mm. And, um, this was probably in the first month of opening, right? Yeah. In the first month. That is true. And we, we were, we were, we, we were Googling suits and the world's most expensive suits. And we saw some amazing suits and mm. we saw, you know, $100,000 suits and we saw $50,000 suits and these were made in London and made in England. And and then we came up with this idea. We said, why don't we do the million rand suit mm. as a tribute to the spirit of entrepreneurship, as, as, as a tribute, right, to artistic creativity mm. of somebody who doesn't ha is not bound by any any law to be able to create such a garment yeah and again the idea was in my mind and when i have an idea in my mind i don't rest i don't sleep yeah. right i make sure i put that into in, in, in I, I make sure that becomes a reality yeah and i set about crafting which is today the cavalier rockefeller vanquished to mm. the suit features the legendary dorme vanquished to cloth 
this cloth is so rare. It's the world's rarest and most expensive suit cloth. Mm. So rare is a substance, is, is what the cloth is comprised of. There are three yarns that make this up. Vicuna, Pishmina, and something called Kovic. Kovic is derived from the musk ox. The Eskimo people track the herd of wild musk ox for months. Mm. At a certain time of the year, the underfur falls off. And they collect only a handful a year. They weave this together with other rare yarns to create the legendary Vanquish 2 cloth. The most expensive suits in the world use this cloth. Mm. I managed to procure a length of this cloth. I then set about doing something which, yeah, could well have landed me in an asylum as to how crazy this was. <laughs> I did it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I commissioned my jeweler to create bespoke diamond buttons yes. set in Africa's finest platinum. The suit features four carat diamond buttons. Yes. Each diamond had to be meticulously placed and forged and crafted into the platinum so that the light catches it at the right angle and the sparkle is amazing to mm. behold. I created that. Those buttons were, were then created for the suit. I chose platinum as a metal in which these buttons were to be made out of mm. for one specific reason. I wanted the suit to be infused with the spirit of the land from which it was forged, which is South Africa, yeah. being the largest producer of platinum. Yeah. I then set about figuring out the lining of the suit and I, 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 I had elected to go for a pure silk lining as opposed to a satin lining of the suit. Mm. The suit came together magnificently. My team of master tailors at Cavalier hand sewn and the suit was hand sewn and they handcrafted the suit into being. It took more than 250 hours yes. for them to hand sew the suit. Sure. The suit has now been created and is Africa's most expensive. Mm. All right. For somebody with who, who came from the background that I did, who had no hope of becoming an entrepreneur, mm. who had no hope of creating this sort of this sort of suit, this yeah. sort of garment, for people in Africa who believe that South Africa does not produce anything world class, this mm. is certainly going to prove them wrong. Yeah. It's not only England that that that, that does; it's, it is South Africa as well. Yes, we're going to change the world, man, through mm -hmm. the power of the suit, man. It's, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually an inspiring story beyond the suit, grooming beyond the suit, and, and, and actually a really powerful and inspiring story. So are there any ideas of writing a book in the future for future entrepreneurs? Definitely. I, I definitely want to write a book. I, you yeah. know, if, 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 if one day, God willing, that I, I happen to be on that Forbes reach list yeah. and I'm not yet still working to get there, yeah. I, I certainly would definitely want to write my book. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, just, just to inspire, to, mm. to, to, to inspire fellow South African entrepreneurs. Yeah. The next generation. The next generation of people. Super fantastic. The suit you have on now, that has a story too? Absolutely. So, um, I call the suit the dreamer suit. Mm. I, I have embroidered on the inside of the suit the word dreamer and the date when I opened Cavalier. Mm. This suit will forever remind me of the power of dreams. Mm. When I wear the suit and I look at the suit and I'm in the suit and I elected to wear the suit today because the suit gives me confidence beyond anything else, especially when I open up the suit and I see the word dreamer. Mm. Um, and, you know, in, in the suit, Perhaps other entrepreneurs can find their dreamer suit or their dreamer thing mm. they can hold on to and, mm. and, and be inspired to be better than they were the previous day. Jeez, mm. I want a dreamer suit now. Yeah, I want a dreamer suit too, man. <laughs> I should actually Yo. pop by through to, to your store, man, and Jeez. just check out your, your garments, bro. It sounds, wow. There's a story behind each and every garment, and that's, the, I think, the powerful thing behind it. Ziad, it's been an honor, I have to say. <laughs> Your story is one of uh, faith, perseverance, and true entrepreneurial spirit. So we thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been a session, like the shortest hour in the oh, week, man. like I said. Where, where did the time go, gentlemen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, shucks, man. But you know what? Thank you so much for having me on the show, yeah. guys. I really had fun, and uh, God bless. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so very much. It's been a session. My name is Sampio Petros. And I'm Weza. Weza, that guy. And we're signing out. Cliff Central Revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.